0: This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell.
1: Then we turn into this game that you mentioned, Kaylee. Like, we thought that they were going to become the Angry Birds, head into Detroit, and redeem themselves. Now, yeah. I'll say this. It started off on a better note than Toronto. You've got a Pointer here who opens the scoring.
0: yes. Quick if I'm going to pick a cherry picker for this game, it would probably be Pointer for that reason. And I know I'm, like, way ahead of myself and I'm doing everything out of order. But you'll have to just bear <laughs> with me. me we see, should. And Pucks and both fans, <laughs> I'm a little off the rocker today. It's fine. It's fine. Um, if I had to say somebody for this game, it would be Braden Point. Because – I talked about response and he came out and he responded. And I think that I'm not going to take that away from him or this team to come out. And within the first minute and a half of a game, after you just lost to come out and score, I think that that is trying to set the tone for the rest of the game. Yes. And I think that in some ways it kind of did because the first five minutes of this game, the lightning, did control the puck. They did control the ice. They were getting shots off. They were, you know, out there and really putting, you know, they, they were doing a really good job of mm-hmm. controlling the game, controlling the puck in the first five, six minutes of this game. And then Detroit just kind of took over a little bit. Um, um, it, 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 it took over. Yeah.
1: And yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be happy about this one, Kaylee. Okay. Where I think the takeover came in um, is that how many times have we seen the puck, the pucks, the pucks and bolts? I'm going to get my life together some point in 2022 before it ends. Um, we've seen the bolts completely lose momentum, confidence, and structure when they don't capitalize, not only on the power play, but on five on three moments. I think whenever... Ooh. They fail to make a five-on-three opportunity work for them. It just kind of screws with them mentally to, yep. to, to, to bounce back. I think that it's it's a really hard bounce back for them when they don't capitalize on such a man advantage that they have there. And then when a team sees that they can't capitalize on five-on-three, that gives them more confidence to say, all right, we can kind of take control here. So that's where I think the game started to completely swing out of the Bolts' favor, into the Red Wings' favor, and almost hand the game over at that point.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a continuation of the night before, um, right? Like, they couldn't get things done when they had an extra man for the empty netter. And not only could they not get it in the goal themselves, but they allow, like, they couldn't get a goal for themselves, but they allowed two empty netters with an extra man on. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that, like – It's not always the case, Um, but I think in this specific situation, their power play and man advantage, um, they're not – it ebbs and flows, and they're clearly not feeling themselves right now. Um, But that is a momentum swinger. That can swing the momentum. You're exactly right, Casey. And so while Braden Point came out and and set the tone of the game, it's almost like the tone was reset then when they can't get anything going – Um, with a two-man advantage. Yeah, because in
1: the entire first period is them leveling the scoreboard. Pointer opens it up, and then it wasn't. Pointer opened it up at 129. There wasn't another goal, and of course the next goal was by the Red Wings, but there wasn't another goal until 1534 into the period. Then Killer responds right away, which should have been, again, another momentous moment for this team. And then not even, not less than a minute after Killers, they level the scoreboard again. So their ability to just remind the Bolts that they're in this game and that they want to win it was was very hard to avoid. Then you get into the second period and there's only two goals, one and one, a leveled situation. Yet again, it's the opening of the scoring in the third period where they just kind of took off because they opened it, they built on top of it, they stacked. Kucherov's the only other guy to get a point on the board for the Lightning and then empty netter, empty netter, that double empty netter again.
0: Again, and- Now, I do have to say for one of these goals, and I'm not normally a person that's going to like call out a goaltender, but I do think Brian Elliott would like, we can like say, like, he kind of made a little bit of a mistake and he probably would take it back if he could. But he got stuck behind the net trying to clear the puck for a little bit too long.
1: And then he didn't
0: have time enough to get back into the net. And whenever he tried to clear the puck, it went almost immediately into the Red Wings' hands. And then you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily like that. count that hugely against, I mean, it was a momentum swinger for sure, but that's not like the defense's fault. That's just, it It, it just was kind of a little bit of a mistake that, that can happen sometimes. Right. And again, I think Brian Elliott would say he's a veteran. He would say, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could change what I did there. Um, you know, however, we still have to play the game. We still have to move on. Um, I don't necessarily count that goal like against the whole team, but it still does change the momentum. It still is an extra score in the goal. It does.
1: And I agree with you. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that was a topic of conversation earlier today, but I felt like some people wanted to make it entirely Moose's fault. And I didn't stand by that because I will say this. And I think coach Cooper has, has said it in a very classy way. We know that these guys have such elegant deliveries on things, but when the guys play in front of Vassy and then turn around and play in front of Moose like the next night or a day and a half later, they have – I think that they get a little – not lax because they really do fight for it, but I think the defense structurally plays a little differently because they just had somebody whose ability to make these massive saves, you know, was just be- playing behind them versus, versus Moose because that was an issue beforehand. They used to continue – continuously like you know have the backup goalie kind of coming in and collecting losses uh Michelinie they would do that in front of Curtis Michelinie all the time sorry guys yeah. so I think that defense played a small role in the fact that you know they just came off of a huge night with Vassey saving their 30 something out of 40 shots and on top of that injuries also take momentum out of the team as well yeah. I think Moose had a pretty good night, I would say. You know, he was coming off of like what a seven game win streak when he's in between the pipes. I just think that there were so many things that took that worked against them, including the fact of like you don't want to see a guy like Hagel go down into the tunnel, you don't want to see a guy like Sorilli go down into the tunnel, you don't want to see a guy like Nick Paul. Like the concern for Nick Paul there for a minute was just like, and you're talking about key assets to
0: this team, to this roster that are also momentous players. And not only is it, like, um, kind of emotional because you're like, oh, that's my friend and, like, a player and I don't want to see him hurt, but also it changes things. Like, now yeah. you're switching up lines. Now you're now you're playing out of your stru- – like, everything is getting changed in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. And so you can't create any structure. You can't create any flow. Like, all of these things that you could normally depend on, now you can't. There. So it changes quite a bit whenever you have multiple players – um, especially whenever they're they're as important of the roles as you know the the Sorellis, Sergachevs the Pauls, right? Like when there're these kind of guys going down the tunnel or or potentially being hurt, it's it changes things. It changes the game, it changes the lines um, and it changed how how everyone has to play their game. Mm-hmm. and it does as well give a little bit of momentum to the other team who is not having those same issues.
1: Absolutely. And Alex has said it himself, actually, after one of the losses that the team had at home, he said, you know, with us having to change up the line so much, we weren't able to build that chemistry on the ice um, for we didn't have enough time to build the chemistry needed to to get within our structure and do what we need to do in this game. And then I think what also plays into it is there was. Uh, these lines did go on the blender before Toronto and during this road trip. Yeah. So you already have newer, different lines coming in. And then you have to readjust with these guys heading down to the tunnel. And when they don't go to the bench only, and they take the time to go all the way down to the tunnel, you're talking about minutes of and, and shifts that are being missed here versus, you know, a couple seconds and maybe a shift or two. So I totally agree. Yeah. I think it changes the momentum. And I think it just kind of played into the favor of the Red Wings. They were able to lean into that um, on a more positive guess- note.
0: Why they were able to find some momentum in the third period, because again, when you look at like the way that the game went, and if you guys are at all familiar with, you know, the advanced statistics and Corsi and whatnot, like the Corsi was in favor of the Lightning to start the third period. However... um, you know, the Red Wings get two goals right off the bat. Well, how did they get those goals if, the, if it's in favor of the Lightning? And it's because the Lightning are just out of their structure and 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 the Red Wings are able to take advantage. Um, the Lightning, it's not like they were playing a terrible game starting in the third period. They, they were playing actually a fairly solid game mm-hmm. and the Red Wings were just able to take advantage of a few key shots and a few key moments in the game and, and and go up two on the Lightning, and the Lightning found themselves in you know a, 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 at that point a five three hole, mm-hmm. unideal.
1: Yeah, completely. And like I'm glad that you pointed that out because the Lightning did have more shots on goal, and that was through all three periods. Actually, they led with shots on goal, and then they I think they had one more, one less. But the difference between high danger shots in this game was just by one. I think it was eight to nine or nine to eight. However that's properly said so with their ability to still try to put up quality goals I think that actually I think the largest element in this game besides some of the momentum swings that swung in favor of Detroit was the fact that the forechecking wasn't really established in this game it didn't show up uh, as as intensely as it has for most games especially the games where they found the most success Um, I will say this it's great because giveaways wasn't this this high tally but I think that yeah. also speaks to the fact that, you know, their takeaways only sat at about three. So that to me tells me that they just didn't have the ability to try to, like, get in front of these pucks and and, and get in front of these passing lanes and um, set up at all. It was just two back-to-back games where they were unable to set up.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's just unideal Casey all around. And I think, I think again, where it really comes down to it, where probably these players are going to be beating themselves up is at the end of the game. Again, whenever you have a man advantage and you let two empty netters go by you the night after you had that happen before um, it, again, it kind of skews the score. Now it's a seven, four game. Um, it, it, it just makes things different. So I kind of a little bit preemptively threw out, uh, who my cherry picker would be, <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, it's Braden point who I think did try to come out here and set the tone after mm-hmm. a little bit of a frustrating game in the night before Casey, what about you? You have a cherry picker for us.
1: I do this time. Honorable mention Nick Perbix. Um, okay he's he's crushing it even yeah. in games where they lose his his motor he is just consistent and he's stepping into big shoes when when he's called upon he's also loading up on ice time his confidence playing forward this early like i know he's already mature because he's 24 and he did the college route and stuff but still even when we saw eric turn cross over from the ahl into the nhl it took him almost a year and a half two years just to play up as confidently so to see the the layers and the versatility that Purvix has to his game at 24 years old, freshly kind of contributing to the NHL. I'm just, I'm excited. So he actually picked up an assist off of Alex Pallorne's goal in this game. Uh, so he's an honorable mention, even though I just went on and on and on about him. And then Eric Chernak. Chernak, when he starts to get into a flow, he builds nicely off of this flow. He got his first goal of the season a couple of weeks ago, and now he's been loading up in the assist column and we always say this here, so we're going to continue to say it. When the defense gets involved offensively, great things happen. While this didn't play out to a wind, it's something positive to build off of. You're seeing these defensemen get in the assist column consistently now. So if it's not Ian Cole, it's Eric Tarnak. If it's not Eric Tarnak, it's Nick Perbix. And if it's not Perbix, it's Sergachev. And this can be dangerous down the stretch. So I'm going to give Tarnak my cherry picker for this one, and uh, I like Nick that. Perbix will
0: mention. I have to give an honorable mention to, to Ian Cole. Cause I know we, we kind of sunk his praises last week, but he was one of the only guys with a plus two at the end of this game. Um, yeah. So, you know, just, you know, keep doing that should account for something. He's, tr- he's, he's out there trying, he's trying to make things happen out on yeah. the ice. Casey, we did talk about it. We previewed it a little bit, but let's get to it here quickly before we end this episode. And, take a little bit of a break along with the lightning players. So pucks and bolts Mm -hmm. fans, just so, you know, we will be back, but we're going to be back whenever the lightning come back. So uh, (laughs) we will get you ready. We'll get you ready for the game on the 28th. So be sure to download and subscribe to pucks and bolts so that when we are back, you guys, uh, you know, have that episode just waiting for you. The latest and greatest in Tampa Bay lightning hockey, Casey, I'm just gonna pick one. I'm I'm like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, is one big present better or like a bunch of little press? I'm 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 of the mentality that I like one big like something that's gonna be impactful. Um, so my holiday wish list, oh, I'm gonna kind of shoot myself in the foot here because I Are just said what? one. What? <laughs> Big point about saying one. I know. But, is it going to
1: be like one big gift that has seven things inside?
0: Uh, he, No, it's not. So, it. okay. I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm going to do a small one and a big one. Okay? Okay. A stocking stuffer and a present. Here's the present. I, I would like to see Julian Brisebois make some type of defensive move. Ooh, around like, that's my holiday. That's my big present. Okay. Make some type of defensive move, pick up a defender. Um. I don't know, you know, around the trade deadline, right? Yeah. Like that, that could potentially, I could be shooting myself in the foot because that could potentially mean getting rid of somebody, knowing where the cap space is at. Right. But I think that Julian Brisebois is very smart. I think that this team is very good I just would like to see a little bit more structure defensively from them. I think they're really missing a player
1: mm-hmm. like
0: Ryan McDonough, who's very structured. Who's like Mr. Reliable. I think you're missing that. I think you see that from time to time this year that you're missing a guy like him. Yeah. I would love to see like a defenseman's defenseman come in and really make an impact um, and be, you know, just a very structured guy, very dependable. Um, uh, um, in my stocking stuffer, something that I do think that the team will a will, I think that they're already working on getting better at it. I think they will continue to get better at it. Is just controlling the puck better, so less giveaways, being in communication better. That's something that they're already working on. So that's why to me it's it's a smaller thing. It's definitely going to have a lot of impact in the game, but they're already working towards those things. So that's my wish list. I love it
1: especially the call for a new defenseman i will say this with the rotation that was going on in the forward unit um with everybody healthy honestly you've got a couple guys like when's the last time we've heard of rudy Balsers uh we had kepke up here like they have options at the at that at that forward position that can help and contribute um but as for that stability and that consistency in the defense i agree if they get somebody else back there they, they also lack depth so Granted, if Headman does need a couple of days to, you know, or some a game, a couple of games to sit out, there's not another Headman that can step in. Mikael yeah. a great job, but then once Mikael says steps into his role, then there's that gap there. So I think they kind of need one more guy back there for for consistency, uh, for a little bit of relief, and um, somebody that can fill in and contribute right away. So love that pick uh, for the big present. I will second you with the stocking, the stocking stuffer. That's a fun sentence to say. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what I was about to say. I will second that. We need the giveaways to minimize entirely the last three games. My, my, my wish list has consisted of, please do not hit the double digits and giveaways while they did not hit double digits versus the uh, Red Wings. They completely kind of fell apart in that takeaway category. Uh, A lot of that takeaway ability does lean into the forechecking. So I just yep. kind of want to see the giveaway total come down. So I'll, I'll, I'll stand by you with that one. Um, one of my others, I guess a, a, a nice little medium sized gift that I would be requesting this Christmas is they've worked on time and space, not giving other teams time and space. And I feel confident in the fact that they'll get back there. Cause as you said, this team hates to lose and they bounce back very well. I want them to get back past this loss to that to the confidence that they were having to not overpass. People were were starting to get into a groove of taking that shot. And I think that's what started to help all four lines get involved. Um, We started talking a lot about the third and fourth line, finding their identity. Obviously, the lines went into the blender. I feel like they're going to go back to what they were before this road trip because that was working. But a lot yeah. of what was helping that work is that this team was not giving up so much time and space and guys were taking the shot. And it wasn't just to get a shot off. They were they were putting up quality shots within these opportunities. So that confidence in whatever mojo they had before they hit the road. And, yes, I know they started the road trip with a win, but still, um, I want to see what we saw on that homestead uh, come back, and I want to see it come back with a vengeance. I want I don't want us to come back from break and it's the first line – making things happen or the top two lines. Like I want to see all four lines getting involved. I want to see all four lines getting on the scoreboard. And um, yeah, that's going to be, that's gonna be my big ass. Minimize the giveaways and get back into that, getting shots on the board, not overpassing. And get out of your head once you, when you're knocked out of your structure, this team's too talented to get stuck. You know? I agree,
0: Casey, a hundred percent. We're not asking for much.
1: We're not too much. Just Find a structure and be consistent and I'm just going yeah.
0: <laughs> win another Stanley Cup. Just do it like keep just just keep going. Uh yeah. I think that those are probably on the Bolt players wish list as well. <laughs> like I said, they hate losing more than anyone uh hates losing. I promise you, I've talked to these guys extensively. They truly hate Not. it. Uh so Casey, I think that they're gonna come out after this little break with uh with with some bite in their step. And it is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Here. And we'll be here the whole way through. You can follow us at Pucks and Bolts. That's A-N-D, Bolts, on Twitter. Uh, you could also check out the podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts. But specifically, the Odyssey podcast. App is the best place to do it. Download the Odyssey app, turn on the auto download function for Pucks and Bolts. Anytime we have a new episode, which is multiple times a week, it will come straight to your phone and just be waiting for you the latest and greatest in Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the Sports Case. And we are wishing all of you a very, very happy holiday season um and a very oh, and nice
1: happy birthday, birthday Aaron!
0: and happy birthday it is my husband's birthday yes, yes that's it is. so
1: sweet for you to remember shout out to uh the hubs of the of of one half of pucks and bolts that's one very
0: half of the 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 fam over here one yes. third of the fam i guess now i guess honestly math is not my strong suit so we shouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well happy birthday to my husband he's great and uh we, we love the Bolts, and um, we're excited to continue to, to follow this team late into December and into the new year. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll come up with some resolutions next time. And, yeah. of course, have some little extra episodes where we ask some of the players maybe some of their resolutions and some fun things. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that and more on Pucks and Bolts. Thank you guys for listening. Happy holiday season.